Would you turn, please, in the scriptures to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 2 Timothy 1. We began last week, I thought it was a message, single message, but apparently it's a series. So we're on part two now. And we're calling it, which as you know is subject to change, but we're calling it the Lord my keeper. The Lord my keeper. Anybody like that? In uh, Timothy, as I mentioned, Second Timothy, first chapter, and the twelfth uh, verse. He said, for the which cause I suffer these things, and, and if you back up a few verses in the chapter, he was talking about suffering being persecuted for preaching the gospel. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Faith is a personal relationship thing, not just a requirement of knowledge. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him unto that day. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. Hallelujah. Now, I think so many times people might read this and they emphasize he's able to keep part. And that is worthy of emphasis. But you don't want to miss the second part. He's able to keep what? What we have committed to him. Other translations say the Young's literal says, I'm persuaded he's able that which I've committed to him to guard to that day. The basic English Bible, the BBE says, I'm certain he's able to keep that which I have given into his care unto that day. In my opinion, one of the biggest problems in the church world today is this belief that God is responsible for everything in the earth. That somehow, good, evil, God is responsible for it all. And it's just not true. There's evil in the world. You know it or not. 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls the devil the God of this world. Jesus said the thief comes not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Who's the thief? Not God? Well, there's something going on in the world Besides God's works, there's the enemy's works. The enemy's works should not be attributed to God. 
In fact, that is specifically what Jesus called blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Well, you don't want to reverse that and attribute the works of the devil to God either. It's real simple. A three-year-old could get it. God's a good God. He does good things. Every good and perfect gift is coming from him. The devil's a bad devil. He does bad things. He steals, kills, and destroys. And they never swap jobs. And they don't work together. I know people think they've gotten real smart and figured it out and it's real complicated, but it's not. I said it's not. God is able to keep what? Not everything, but what? What you've committed to him. What you've committed to him. Some have said, well, you know, God must have had a purpose in everything that happened. Or there must be a purpose. And some people misquote and quote half verses and say, well, you know, everything's working out for the good. Whether we understand it or not, that is not true. That is not true. It's referring to Romans 8. We know that all things work together for good. It's not where the verse ends. Anybody know the rest of that verse? All things work together for the good of those that love God. And are called according to his purpose. No, everything is not working out for the good of everybody on the planet. It is not. Very specific group of people. Those that love God. And you might infer from the rest of it that are uh, submitted to his call. And following his call. In other words, they're committing things to him. And of course, it's just logical. What's he going to keep? What you give to him. Right? And he'll take all you'll give him. If you want to give him a little bit of your life, he'll help you keep that little bit. If you want to give him half your life, he'll help you keep half your life. But if you were smart, I said if you were smart, you would give him all your life. Every area, you would submit it to him, you would yield it to him, You would commit it to him. And he said. He would keep it. He would keep it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Father. Go back to Luke 13. I want to review this. We looked at this last week. But we need to review it. Luke 13. When I saw this some years ago. It really helped me. Changed my thinking. You know the word will do that. Luke 13. Do we need to be renewed? Our minds need to be renewed. Yes they do. In Luke 13 verse 1. It says there were present at that season some that told Jesus. Of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So if this had been today. This would have been on the news. It would have been on CNN and Fox and other places. It would have been all over the news. 
that a government head had gone into a place of worship, and when people were there worshiping, sacrificing their animals, he had them slaughtered by apparently his soldiers or whatever. He had them slaughtered along with the animals. It was known through the area. And verse 3, excuse me, verse 2, I jumped. Jesus said, do you suppose that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? Jesus brought this up, and everybody knew about it, and he asked them a question. He said, why do you think this happened to them? Do you suppose or presume it was because they were worse sinners than everybody else in the area? Now this goes to the question that people struggle over, why do bad things happen to good people? Many believe there's no answer to this. You could ask also, why do bad things happen to bad people? Because that's what he's bringing up. I think you ought to just ask the question, why do bad things happen? Because Jesus answered verse 3, and he said what? I tell you, no. When you see some violence committed against people, some calamity, some disaster, do not assume that they were bad people, or they were worse than other people in that area, that's why it happened to them. Jesus said, no, no. It's not because they were worse people, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. He said, all of you are in danger of similar things happening to you, except, unless, let me, let me, Paraphrase a little bit. Unless you do something that allows me to keep you. Verse 4. He, this is something else that was widely known. Those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell. There was a structure. There was a tower. And it just fell. Collapsed. And it fell on 18 people and killed them. We'd call that an accident. People think, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. Things just happen. Then other people go, oh, no, no, it was their time. Really? The Bible said it's appointed unto a man a time to die. No, it didn't. It said it's appointed unto a man once, one time, to die. There's not a time on the calendar and clock, 3.15 in the afternoon on a Thursday, that's your time. And when the time clicks, boom, you're going. The scripture teaches you, it says bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. There are things you can do to cut your life in half. And the Proverbs teach you, if you do certain things, it'll prolong your days. It'll add years to your life. And we read Psalm 91. How many like the way Psalm 91 ends? Psalm 91, 16. With long life. I'll satisfy you, show you my salvation. And the reason we took the time and went through Psalm 91 is because how did you make it to long life? Well, the arrow that flew by day didn't get you. 
The pestilence didn't get you. The plague didn't work in your dwelling. A thousand fell at one side, 10,000 on the other, but it didn't take you out. How in the world did that happen? Because the Lord kept you. He kept you through the arrows or bullets flying. He kept you through the pestilence and plague. He kept you. Until you got old, you got so old, the old people called you old. And you ran your whole race and you finished your course with joy. The only way you or I are going to make that is with the Lord keeping us. He said, do you think, read it again, do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? They were bad people and it just caught up with them because that tower fell on them. What did Jesus say? Verse 5. I tell you, no, no, but except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. What does this mean to us? People ask the question, well, why did God do that to them? Why did God cause that tower to fall on them? I don't understand that. Why did God send that tornado into that mobile home park and kill those children? Why did God cause that young man in the prime of his life to die in that car wreck? You're asking the wrong question. Completely wrong question. The question is, why wasn't God able to protect them? Because all you got to do to be in danger in this world is wake up in the morning. Are y'all with me? There's plenty of stuff in the air we're breathing. To kill us a thousand times over. There's plenty of stuff in the food we eat. There's plenty of violence that could break out. There's plenty of accidents anywhere we go that could take us out a hundred times before the day's over. Do you know this? It's not why are bad things happening. Bad things are happening because of the fall of man and sin and the curse is in the earth. Go with me, please. I know some of these things may, may seem a little heavy, but you can handle it. If not, tell me now. <laughs> Revelation 22 and verse 1. We've got to watch about religious tradition that's not in line with the Bible. Just because you've believed a certain way a long time doesn't make it right. Somebody says, well, we, we, we've held these beliefs for 500 years. Yeah, but if it was wrong 500 years ago. <laughs> it just means it's old wrong. <laughs> well, I got a right to my beliefs. Actually, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord, you're supposed to believe what he told you. Not just make stuff up as you go along. Well, we're having fun now. Aren't we? <laughs> Revelation 22.1. He showed me a pure river of water of life. We are fast forwarding from where we are into all this being done. Glory to God. John saw by the Spirit a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. One of these days, won't be too long, you're going to see it. 
How many are going to see it? Are you looking forward to it? You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You're going to see it. How many like to eat some fruit? Uh huh. Verse 3. And there shall be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. What does that mean there is now? There is curse. Curse. In uh, Isaiah, the 24th chapter, Isaiah 24, 6 says, therefore, has the curse devoured the earth? Also, Zechariah 5. We read this not too long ago. Zechariah 5, verse 1. He said, I turned and lifted my eyes and looked and behold a flying roll. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see a flying roll. The length thereof is 20 cubits and the breadth 10 cubits. And he said to me, this is the curse that goes forth over the face of the whole earth. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen? Because since Adam and Eve sinned, bowed their knee to the enemy, disobeyed God, rejected his command. The Lord told them the ground is cursed because of you. Genesis 3. He said the ground is cursed on your account. And then he talked about how men would work and earn by the sweat of their brow. He talked about how women would have pain in childbirth. He talked about how the ground would produce thorns and and weeds and, and problems. See, The earth is not like God created it at all. It's in a fallen, cursed condition. And when we understand that, you begin to get answers. If bad things happen to people because they, you know, every time because they're bad, then why are babies born with deformities? Why... Are animals. Why do animals have cancer? What did they do? How did they sin? Come on, are you all with me? And is God doing this? Is God tormenting children with cancer and disease? No, no, no. That's my good father that you're trying to attribute evil to. And it simply is not so. Why is there all this pain and this cruelty and this evil in the earth? It's because of sin and death and the work of the enemy. If you want to know God's will, you got to go all the way back to Genesis before the fall. And the Bible said everything that he made... Was good. Can you look at cancer and say, Behold, it's very good? 
No, you can't. Cancer is not a part of God's original creation. That's something that happened after the fall. Can you look at poverty and people starving to death? Say, behold, it's very good. No, you can't. And to see God's will, you've got to fast forward through all the other books and go to Revelation and see what happens after everything is done. There's no more curse. There's no more sorrow. There's no more dying. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. That's the unchanging will of God. Thank God soon and very soon. He's going to fix this thing. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. Hallelujah. Wherein is no curse. We've never been in a place like that. We've never been in a place like that. If you read Isaiah and other places, it says, it talks about that the lion will lie down with the lamb. The, the carnivores stop being carnivores. Huh? And the child can play over the ass den. And there's no more curse. You can run through the jungle barefoot and not step on a thorn. And if you see a tiger, you just grab him around the neck. We've never been in a place like that. Animals won't kill each other. Men won't kill each other. There'll be no more pain. No more sorrow. No more curse. Why do bad things happen to anybody? It's the curse that's in the earth. The law of sin and death. And it will kill anybody and anything, anywhere, unless... Unless you're kept. Anybody interested in being kept? Oh, thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Psalms. I'm going to give you something to shout about. Psalm 94, verse 17. You got time for this this morning? How many want to make it all the way? You know, people... Seem like to get in a ditch on one side or the other of these things. Either people will try to tell you that, you know, God caused me to have bankruptcy and, and God put disease on me and God took my child with a car accident, which is wrong, wrong, wrong. Or folks in our camp that, that believe in living by faith, if anything not good happens, they try to hide it. And cover it because they, they think, well, oh, you know, it means I don't have faith or it means I've messed up. No, honey child, bad things are happening everywhere. Problems are all over the place. And it's not a shocker that somebody had something to deal with. If you weren't serving the Lord, do you think you'd have anything to deal with? You ain't going to soar through life without problems. Not serving the Lord. No, you're going to encounter things down here. But we who are believers have an unparalleled advantage. We got the greater one inside us. And something, if we hadn't been serving the Lord, that would have hit us and attacked us and taken us out. We'll overcome. Hallelujah. With the Lord helping us. And come on, can you see this? And keeping us, instead of trying to hide, instead of being ashamed, let's just 
quit playing games and acknowledge. I've had stuff to deal with. You've had stuff to deal with. But we are overcomers. We're overcomers. We're overcomers. More than conquerors. Through him that loves us and keeps us. Psalm 94, 17. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. Somebody said, unless the Lord. There's more revelation here than you might think. Why, it's not why the Lord do this to me. It's not why the Lord let this happen to me. That's asking the wrong question. It's just like Peter walking on the water. Anybody remember Peter walking on the water? How did it happen? Jesus comes in the night walking on the water. They saw him. They thought it was a ghost. They cried out. He said, it's me. It's me. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come out there. Jesus said, come on. Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. How many believe it happened just like that? He began to walk on the water. But then he took his eyes off of Jesus, got to looking at the winds and the waves and began to sink. Would it have been right for him to say, Lord, why'd you cause me to sink? Millions are doing it. Lord, why did you put this on me? Why? No, no. Unless the Lord is holding you up, you're going to sink. Right? The loss of gravity and the density of water and air, unless something is holding you up, you're going down. The Lord doesn't have to do anything to put you down. All that happens, if he stops holding you up, you're going down. Can you see what I'm talking about? We we need to turn this around. It's not, Lord, why did you make me go down? It's why weren't you able to keep holding me up? And as we know from reading the account, whose fault was it? Jesus didn't change. It was Peter that took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. The Lord's not making you go under. We need to get our language fixed. The Lord's not doing these things to people. But unless he holds us up, there's enough curse and stuff in the world, you're going down without him. Thank God we're not without him. Psalm 124. Psalm 124, verse 1. What does it say? If the Lord hadn't put all these problems on us, we could have a pretty good life. No, no, the opposite is the opposite. What? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Now may Israel say, and he says it again, verse 2. In case you didn't get it, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, they'd have swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. The proud waters had gone over our soul. How many believe, in spite of our shortcomings in the country, if it hadn't been for the Lord? There'd be another flag flying over us. If it hadn't been for the Lord, 
And it's not that the Lord is putting evil people in the world and causing them to do bad things against us. It's here. And unless he keeps us, we'll be consumed. We'll be devoured. And it's a serious thing to try to take him out of everything. If you take him out of the school, you take him out of the government, you take him out of everything, remove his words, remove prayer, then are you committing it to him? You're doing the opposite. And if it's not committed to him, he's able to keep less and less of it. Which is one of the reasons why we need to pray. We need to believe God. And not be ashamed. Not be ashamed. There is only one God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. There's only one Savior. His Son. Jesus. Hallelujah. The anointed one. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. Yeah, but y'all don't embrace all other religions. Can't. You cannot be a serious Christian and embrace other religions. Because Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except by him. No other names, no other ways. We all are just narrow-minded and saved. The Lord said, there's a broad way. And there's a lot of people in it, but they're going off the end into destruction. And there's a narrow way that leads to salvation. I know, I know it's not popular. I know it's not all inclusive. But you got truth and you got fantasies and lies. Then the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. I tell you what. Y'all are easy to preach to. I tell you Fella, fella can't preach to y'all. He just needs to have his preaching papers pulled. He just... Y'all help me so much. <laughs> well, we're in this together, aren't we? If it hadn't been for the Lord, what would have happened? Our enemies would have destroyed us. They'd have swallowed us up quick. We'd have been overwhelmed. Verse 6, blessed be the Lord. Who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Now this language is throughout scripture. The Lord keeping and protecting versus the Lord leaving you in the hands of your enemies. Because you have rejected him. We want to be in the center of the palm of his hand. Is that right? We want to be in the center of his perfect will and plan. The way that happens is not just assuming that he's controlling everything. We must come. He said, I stand at the door and what? Well, is he going to be inside with you and communing with you unless you yield to him, unless you open the door, unless you invite him in? No. No. You've got to invite him in. It's not true that God is involved in every bad thing that's going on on the planet. The truth is, unless you ask him in, unless you invite him in, unless you commit it to him, he's not involved at all in many of these things. I know that's different than some people have thought, but set aside previous opinions. Can you find it in the word? Can you find it in the scriptures? What you say you believe. 
Blessed be the Lord. How many would shout today? As a country. As a family. Hallelujah. Right? Our state. People think, well, there's a lot of problems. It could be a lot worse. Don't you doubt it. It could be terrible. There are places in the world where people are living in refugee camps because their houses and their cities have been destroyed. Thank God for the mercy of the Lord. We've not been given into the hands of our enemies. He's still keeping us. There's enough salt. There's enough light. There's enough faith. It's not 100%. I wouldn't say it was 85, but there's enough salt and light in this nation. And enough praying people and believing people that God is keeping. He's kept us to this present hour and he will continue. I'm not going to quit believing or you. I'm not, I'm not going to quit submitting to him. So he will continue to keep us. He'll keep the whole thing for the church's sake. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. You remember, don't you remember he told Abraham he'd spare the whole city for a handful. Is that right? That's the kind of God he is. So merciful. So good. So gracious. Hallelujah. He goes on to say. Blessed be the Lord. Who's not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped. As a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. And we are escaped. Hallelujah. We have no idea. How many traps. The devil set for us. Maybe you fell into a couple. But thank God for the 98 you didn't fall into. He worked and tried and tried and tried. But if you submit yourself to God enough and commit it to him to keep. He calls you to notice the trap. Right before you stepped into it. Thought, whoa, whoa, don't go there. <laughs> don't do there. You need to fly out of here little bird. So you just. <laughs> you, you fly out. And you didn't get snared and you didn't get trapped and you didn't get destroyed. Because the Lord kept you. We're escaped. Verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Psalm 127. 127, 1. I wanted you to hear these phrases, unless the Lord, unless the Lord, unless the Lord. And here, except the Lord. Build the house, they labor in vain, build it. Except the Lord, keep the city, the watchman wakes, but in vain. Thank God for preparation. Thank God for people that are willing to do their jobs. Thank God for all these things, they're all important. But unless the Lord's involved in the thing, it can be for nothing. So is he, if he's involved in everything, you wouldn't say, except the Lord. Right? If he's behind everything, he's, if he's involved in everything, you wouldn't say, unless the Lord, because it's him in everything. The truth is, the things that he's actually controlling are the exception. Didn't the Lord tell us, pray 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If everything that's happening down here is God's will, why would you need to pray that the will of God be done? You know where the will of God is being done? In heaven. How much crime do they have there? Come on, help me out. How much poverty? How much disease? How many, how many plagues? You know why? Because God is in control. There. Down here, not yet. I know people that make some mad when you say that. But again, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the devil is the God of this world. But not for much longer. I said, not for much longer. Not for much longer. There's going to be new heavens, new earth, wherein is no curse. No curse. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Let's praise the Lord for a little bit. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We adore you. We thank you. We praise you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Go to Psalm 121, if you would, in closing, I think. Psalm 121, verse 1. The title of our series is The Lord, My Keeper. It'd be good for you just from time to time to voice it. You know, whatever you confess the Lord to be to you, that opens the door for him to be that to you. It began when you confessed and said, Jesus is my Lord. You're supposed to say it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. Well, you need to also say, the Lord is my keeper. He keeps me. He keeps my children, keeps my family. He keeps our business. He keeps our churches. He keeps our ministries. He keeps our town. He keeps our state. He keeps our country. Somebody say, he keeps me. He keeps me. He keeps me. Now, why is he able to keep you? Because you, you commit it to him under his lordship. And direction. Psalm 121, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence shall my help come? Where does my help come from? Verse 2. My help. (laughs) my, My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. That's my help. That's my help. You know, if you learn how to be led by the Spirit, you will look way smarter than you are. You'll be at the right place at the right time. You'll say the right thing. It'll work so perfectly. And folks who don't know will look at you and go, man, you're something. Don't agree. You are something, but the truth is, you have help. You you have major help, right? You have help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Keep reading. 
He will not allow my foot to slip or to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. 24-7 coverage. Don't even have to turn the alarm on. He's always on. Never asleep. Verse 4. Behold. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. In the New Testament we're called the Israel of God. Are we his children too? Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. I told you. I told you he was. The Lord. Say that loud. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Verse 6. The sun won't smite you by day. Nor the moon by night. This sounds like Psalm 91. Why? Because the same thing involved. The Lord keeping you. Guarding you. Protecting you. Keep reading. Verse 7. The Lord will do what? This word keep. uh, The Hebrew definition refers to hedge. You ever heard that word before? Hedge. A fence. A perimeter enclosure. We talked about how the the plagues and things swept through the land of Egypt. But when they got to that border, which is just like a state line, there was no visible fence there. The disease couldn't go into the land of Goshen. It ran up against what? An energy field. God had force fields way before Star Trek. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He also had tractor beams. What do you think is going to happen on the, when the trumpet sounds? The Lord will do what? Keep you. How many think you ought to take the word you and put me in there? Put you, make this personal. Confess it over yourself. The Lord will keep me from all evil. He will keep my life. He's my keeper. He's, the Lord keeps me. He keeps me. Don't be asking why all these bad things happen. The bad things happen because the earth is full of curse. It's full of sin and death. And the devil's stealing, killing, and destroying everywhere. And unless we have help, we'll be destroyed the same as anybody else. And it's not because we're better or smarter. It's because we trust him. And we're going to commit it to him. Come on now. We, we're going to put it in his hands. And trust him. And what we do, he is able. We're we're persuaded. He's able to keep it. From now until that day, until the end of this whole place. The Lord will keep you from evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. You know why you're here? Because you came in. You know how you got here? Huh? Without dying from a disease last month. You know how you got here without being killed in a car wreck this morning? Come on, help me out. 
It's not because you're prettier than everybody else and smarter than everybody else or holier than everybody else. The Lord kept you. Now you're about to go out. Huh? What's going to happen as you go out? God is keeping me, keeping me, keeping me. And I will make it all the way home. Oh, hallelujah. Without incident, without accident, without injury or death or harm. Glory to God. What a comfort it is. What a peace. What a blessing to have confidence. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to run my entire race. I'm going to finish my entire course with long life. He's going to keep me and satisfy me and show me how he can say. Oh, hallelujah. Read it again. Back up to verse 7. Read these two again. The Lord, put it in the first person. The Lord will keep me. The Lord will keep me from all evil. He will keep my life. Verse 8. The Lord will keep my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Forevermore. I mean, a hundred thousand years from now, way past this life, he's still going to be keeping you and me. We don't have to be concerned about one thing in the entire universe or the future because our God who kept us in this life will continue to keep us forevermore. Praise God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's give the Lord praise. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Let's give him praise. Let's thank him for keeping us. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We give you praises. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.